0: All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working with that time jersey.
1: Super Bowl 55 week is officially here. Everyone is still in their home bases at the moment. I know Nate, you will be headed to sunny, lovely Tampa Bay, Florida. Before too terribly long, we're going to bring you not one, not two, but three editions of Times R's this week with myself, Josh Briscoe, along with the soon-to-be-in-Florida, Nate Taylor, and the recently was in Florida, Seth Kaiser, and uh, guys, I, I feel like this last week has in some ways flown by, in some ways dragged on for months, but I feel like now officially... We're locked into Super Bowl mode, and hopefully the game's going
2: to feel like it gets here as quickly as possible. Let's all act like we've been there before, right? Because <laughs> they were they were just here a year ago. But everything's changed. Um, it's going to be a chaotic week. I can't wait for all of the nonsense, all of the real analysis, all of the like stories that you're trying to jam-pack. Um, look, this is a Times R uh, record right, we're, we're, we're gonna so. really push it this week um, to get you guys super you know geeked up and prepared. And uh, I'm not saying everybody has to run through a wall, but we're gonna run through a wall uh, in terms of I guess podcast audio. So look, I'm <laughs> I'm thrilled. It is Sunday, January 31st, and uh, it's officially game week. It's
3: because it's been such a weird season. It I like the way you said it, like it's gone fast, but it's also kind of crept up i don't know it, it was definitely weird for me thinking as they started to demolish the bills like oh they're going to the super bowl the whole act like we've been there before it's a weird week emotionally man like i keep waiting to get like super nervous or like super hyped, but, like mm. last year dude i could not sleep
1: <laughs> like
3: the amount i think i even tweeted about it, the amount of junk food i ate saturday night <laughs> trying to fall asleep and it did not work and i mean and then i didn't feel good it was a wreck and i am a man who you guys have seen i can put away food for me to eat myself sick requires a disgusting amount of food like truly horrifying and we've we've eaten
2: with you before so
3: believe me we know <laughs> you've seen it you know look man I, hey i referred <laughs> i referenced it for a reason I, I make no bones time. about it. I like food. You guys get to see me on like the one occasion a year I get to eat Joe's. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so I'm going to yeah. devour mm-hmm. that stuff until I can't move, then pop like 10 digestive enzymes and hope they do good work. Like, <laughs> just that's what I bet. do. <laughs> so, I mean, I was so nervous like the whole week. I was like, man, I can't believe this is happening. And I was just trying to enjoy it because that was my advice to everyone. I wasn't following my own advice at all because I was just a wreck. Whereas this week I'm like, cool they're going to be in the Super Bowl. And I'm just, I'm waiting to figure out what I'm going to be like during the game. So it's just a whole, a lot of emotions like, man, is this already becoming old hat? The the I'm more afraid of them losing than I'm joyfully looking forward to them winning because I cannot handle the, oh, Tom Brady proved once and for all, he's the goat and always will be conversations.
1: I'm not ready for it, guys. And so...
3: Yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
1: I think that's probably at least, I'm sure there are some people, I should say, listening right now. They're going like, yeah, I get it. And there's some people right now screaming at their phones or computers or whatever, asking why you're not more stressed out right now, if not for (laughs) the (laughs) negative reason of of what the conversation this offseason will be like if they uh, don't win this game. Uh, For the excitement of this team potentially winning back to back, like we've just all sort of accepted run it back as the reality of the world for the last 11 and a half months but they might actually complete that which is incredibly rare and incredibly (laughs) difficult and also i just think this game is going to be fun like this i just i have gotten more excited about the specifics of this matchup as things have progressed and uh i hope everyone is excited about it as well so we've got today's show We'll do another one midweek, another one to wrap, out, uh, wrap up the week and, and send you into the, the Super Bowl. But right now, we've got some news. And this might be the most sort of newsy front-loaded segment ever because we're going to take a whole bunch of questions immediately after this. But there are two really significant injury updates that we've gotten so far. One of them good, one of them not so good. Uh, the good news is that LeJarius Sneed has cleared the concussion protocol and and it should be good to go. That's obviously excellent. He was concussed. Uh, In the AFC Championship game, you felt pretty good, I'm sure, about him having two weeks, Nate, to get ready. But it sounds like uh, it's nothing but green lights from here on out
2: for Snead. Yeah, and that was a pretty, you know, pretty big indicator, I should say. Um, Monday night, going into Tuesday, um, it was something that I really never sort of concerned myself with. Um, The Chiefs obviously put out pictures of him sort of practicing, uh, even though, like you know, reporters were not really allowed to, to to watch. Uh, The week practices, Um, obviously, reporters will be allowed to watch, um, you know, this upcoming week's practices. Obviously, the team prepares for the Super Bowl before flying to Tampa Bay. But, um, you know, Andy Reid never had a real issue with it. He obviously said that, hey, LaJarrius is getting better. He's he's doing fine. Um, Rashad Fitton is another person to just keep an eye on. But it's, you know, in terms of the player and what you expect them to do in the biggest game of their life, uh, it's nice to know that LeJarious Snead has a week to really get ready uh, to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, because he is such a central part of what the secondary has done over the last month and a half or so.
1: We talked about that a lot last episode, but Seth, if you could give us just sort of like the Cliff's Notes version of that, of, of exactly how valuable he's been to this defense and why. Sure. Um he, he allows them to play things a
3: little bit differently. Um, he's the best cover corner on the team, at least he has been this year. And he's also incredibly versatile. He can play in the slot, which is something that, you know, Bashad Breland has done, like in Green Bay, but he's that's not what he's best do, doing. Rashad Fenton can do it, um, and he's probably about equivalent, but he's not as gifted physically as Sneed is. Uh, Charverius Ward is not a slot corner. And so he he's able to do that, which allows them to move Tyron Matthew around, and that helps them disguise things more. And kind of like against Buffalo, like I wrote about last week, they they loved, they were moving guys all over the place, and Josh Allen just had no idea what was going on. He he just, he couldn't trust his pre-snap reads, and you could tell he, he'd start his first couple reads, it would be guys who were completely blanketed. By having him there, a, a, a guy you can really trust in the slot, you can move Matthew around, or you can move Matthew to the slot and then have, have Snead blitz, right? Mm-hmm. Which he's shown a proclivity for. Finishes really strong, closes fast. Um, one of the advantages with corner blitzes is, is that quarterbacks can't get away from it, right? And they close quickly. And so it allows them a lot more flexibility and creativity, as well as just having another really talented player in the secondary. And so it's been... It's been awesome, and then obviously having Juan Thornhill suddenly play like a pro bowler again—that's been nice. Didn't see that coming, so it's—it's it's been
1: a—it's been a cool thing to watch. And then the not so good thing is that Willie Gay Jr., who was on his way back from the injury he suffered against the Chargers right at the beginning of the game in Week 17, looked like he was on his way back, Nate. And, and honestly, there are a few details of this that I'm a little bit fuzzy on. Can you can you pick it up from wherever you know what happened to Willie Gay up to this point?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to try to uh, remember everything. It, you know, with everything going on, um, there's a lot of planning involved. My head is just all over the place, but... If you can Sadly, get just loose, like even close to the right
1: day on things, I think
2: people will forgive <laughs> you at this point.
1: It's been it's been a it's been a hell of a month already. It, it
2: really has, and so unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys. There will be no sprinkling of Willie Gay as I was <sighs> sort of uh, led to believe on Wednesday, because I believe that's when we did the podcast, or was it Thursday? I can't remember. It was actually it was I Thursday. I think it, it, was was after Thursday, the, it was Thursday, but it was Thursday because it was after their. Yeah, it was after their practice. But, you know, as I'm saying, hey, they're going to sprinkle Willie Gay. Unfortunately, uh, they were doing more evaluations of Willie and just basically realized, hey, man, you know, for the longevity of your career, it makes no sense to rush you. Um, Let's have this procedure. Um, I never want to acknowledge that uh, (laughs) a knee surgery is considered minor Mm because it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to see. You know, later on this year, unfortunately, I don't know what the offseason program is going to look like, whether the guys will be on the field or if it'll be similar to last year in terms of the COVID restrictions and just having guys do everything virtually on, you know, WebEx. Um, so, look, we may not get a real understanding of where he is up until about June, July, Um, but it sucks. And now we know for sure, as I wrote the day of the season finale in the regular season, that the game that mattered the most to the two players on the Chiefs roster uh, ended up getting hurt and neither one of them made uh, an appearance in the postseason. Obviously, that's DeAndre Mm. Baker Mm -hmm. um, with his injury, and then obviously Willie Gay, who was really starting to show um, the ability to be a starter. If he didn't know everything, he was just too athletic enough not to put him on the field. Um, So this means that a lot of the burden and a lot of the shoulder To carry, you know, sort of the responsibilities and the things that Willie Gay would have done had he been available is now placed on Daniel Sorensen. And it's fascinating to me that you know what you're going to get from Damian Wilson. Quietly might be his last game as a chief Mm. on Sunday. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to get from Anthony Hitchens. He is really super valuable in case of the whole Leonard Fournette matchup as we move forward. And then for the athleticism, the coverability, the... The, the chance to be as multiple as possible, I think a lot of it will now be on uh, Daniel Sorensen. He's already done it in the past. Uh, not a lot changes, especially now with LeJarrius Sneed back into the mix, because that sort of uh, defines both of those guys' as roles, Sneed and Sorensen. But yeah, I, I I know it sucks, and guys are really eager to see Willie have a couple, you know, roles, like 10, 15 snaps in the Super Bowl, right? Maybe he's a plus player on special teams, if not on defense more so. Again, um, it would be great from an experience standpoint to have a rookie see it from the whole beginning to the end. Unfortunately, this is much like the Juan Thornhill situation. He played in the season finale in the regular season, did not make an appearance in the postseason. What you hope is he, as in Willie Gay, will have a year or two the way Juan Thornhill has, where it may take some time, but when you need him at his absolute best, he can show up uh, if the Chiefs are in the playoffs uh, next January so it sucks uh, guys were really eager to see what he would do um, to just you know to obviously win the game for him to be able to play in it um, but you're not going to get Willie Gay you are going to get Sammy Watkins
1: oh I didn't even thought about bringing Sammy Watkins back and one thing I want to say with Willie Gay and then I'll let you hop in if that interests you Seth is that I don't know if you ever said the word meniscus which is what you, you say knee injury and, and surgery that's not as major as it could be um, theoretically not like ACL Not ACL, not MCL, not not PCL. I think those are all real. If no, DCL, which I don't think is a real one. Um, But a torn meniscus. And again, the early reports on that is that it'll be about a four-month recovery, all things going well, and um, hope to see Willie Gay back for whatever camp looks like at that point. Uh, Seth, in terms of the Super Bowl, in terms of what we'd seen from Willie Gay, this might be kind of our best chance to look back at his season as well, Mm -hmm. which... Um I've got kind of an overarching thing on that that I'll hold until after you talk about what what the defense is losing by not having the option of going to him in in Tampa. You know, he uh I mean he we we've talked about him all season wondering why we're not seeing more of him,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Um he he brings a lot of sideline to sideline speed. He seems to play pretty disciplined with the run defense. Uh overall, he he is somewhat susceptible to fakes. He's got some rookie stuff in him. But he bring he played really well for a rookie in limited snaps, um, his responsibilities were relatively limited. But you could see the speed and physicality that he brought to the defense, as well as as ability and coverage. And that's frustrating that they won't have that out there because the Buccaneers used their their running backs and their tight ends pretty successfully against the Chiefs in the last matchup. Mm-hmm. And Willie Gay Jr. is a guy who can help negate some of that. Now, to be fair, the Chiefs Chiefs have been playing running backs and tight ends pretty well. I mean, they, everyone talked about Cleveland's guys, right? And they controlled them really well. Um, But tight ends have been a bit of an issue. Get, however, Spags doesn't run a ton of, you know, having your, your linebackers cover tight ends one-on-one, but they do a lot of like up the seam, that sort of stuff. So they're going to need another really good game out of Hitchens, which quietly he's been good in the playoffs. Mm. Um, So good on him, but it's a bummer for them. However, he did flash enough to where I do think next year you should see a much larger role for him in the defense because the talent and the natural ability and instincts are clearly
1: there. Here's my big overarching thing that might be, we we can dig into this more sometime in the offseason, but I'm I'm thinking about it now because in part of the Willie Gay news and also in part because the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl despite the thing I'm about to say, Mm. the Chiefs got incredibly little from their first three draft picks and i don't and that's not an indictment on brett veach nor the picks nor it's not an indictment on anything it's not a complaint about anything they're in the super bowl this year having gotten very 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 little from their first second and third round draft picks if anything it's an achievement and maybe i mean not great But also, I think at least for for Gay, and then some people may not even remember, their third-round pick was Lucas Niang, who opted out before the season. He could be a huge deal next year. Willie Gay could be a huge deal next year. I feel pretty much the same way I did about Clyde edwards that with that pick as I did the day of the draft, but that is neither here nor there. I I think that even the most uh, excited sort of draft-time Clyde fan would say that between he and Willie Gay for their situations or whatever— did not our conversations about them and maybe Clyde has a huge Super Bowl, whatever. Our conversations about both Clyde edwards and Willie Gay Jr. were both sort of well. Wait, wait until they break out the real plays for them, or they'll 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 sprinkle in as time goes on. And for and right. for both of them, they had late season injuries that again, not necessarily, not not in any way, an indictment on them. I've remained very excited about Willie Gay and quite hopeful for Lucas Niang, but they just like. How many times pre-draft did we talk about how, you know, well, they need, the Chiefs are going to need contributors early and, and they're going to need to be able to, especially years down the road, which is still true, fill out their roster because salary cap stuff's going to get more difficult. So those cheaper guys are going to be even more important, but they are back in the Super Bowl having gotten very little from their first, second, and third round draft picks, which is just really nuts. Obviously, Legereus Snee, the fourth round pick, has been outrageously, outrageously valuable yeah. and incredible. one of the best picks in the draft, if not the best pick in the draft. I haven't done all the, the research to say that definitively. Uh, Mike Dana had some nice moments. He's been a rotational and that's a good fifth round pick. I uh, hadn't seen much from Bo Pete Keys. Uh, Turk Wharton as an undrafted free agent has been very valuable. It's not a that it's an un, like an unsalvageable draft class by any means. I just thought it was kind of interesting to look at how good this team was again and maybe it's just another example of how we perhaps overrate draft picks, if nothing else. Not really a take, just something I kind of wanted to throw to you guys. Right.
2: No, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And I, I think if my memory serves me back in, you know, late April, early May, um, you know, I was trying to explain to people that this was this was a this was quite a bit of a hedge in terms of a draft class. Right. You're mm-hmm. hedging getting production in the immediate, but obviously having sustainability in years 3, 4, and 5, particularly if you're the fifth-year option player, that is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I I don't want to say that Clyde, like, underperformed by any means, but I know what you're saying. Like, he's not a 1,000-yard running back. He did have over 1,100 yards, or exactly, excuse me, exactly 1,100 yards all-purpose this season mm-hmm. and five touchdowns. Um, he didn't do a ton in the AFC Championship game, but he did score a touchdown, so, you know, there was issues, what, back in September where it's like, man, they haven't he hasn't scored a one yard touchdown when given the circumstances. At least they did that against the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to Nick Allegretti, who was still pushing his defender into God knows where on that on that touchdown run. <laughs> um But he did have eleven hundred yards. So it wasn't he was still a plus, but obviously I think we were expecting more from him, particularly in the passing game, like you mentioned, Josh, just because mm-hmm. that's massively the reason why they took him in the draft was <laughs> mm-hmm. like, he's so good at
3: both things. It's not like they tried to yeah. hide that. They made that obvious. Well, no, this is a dude Pat wanted to use
2: in the passing yeah. game. And so in the passing game, definitely. And it never really materialized. Yeah. It, it, and you're right. Seth. So it never really materialized in the way we anticipated where we thought, Hey, it might be, you know, a, a, a true one-to-one yard ratio versus what it ended up being, which is a 803 rushing yards and 297 on the receiving end. Um, Willie Gay, it's it's a little bit of spags. It's a little bit of the offseason that we talked about, just him Mm -hmm. not getting the reps, which he acknowledged in December. And the idea is that, you know, hey, maybe we're going to save him for January. Well, that didn't work out, did it, kids? Um, (laughs) Do you guys realize that Lucas Niang would play in the Super Bowl if he was on the roster all season? Just think about it. Yeah, he'd probably be the
1: starting right tackle.
2: Yes, and and think Crazy. about how tough it is. Now, no, I have not talked to Lucas Niang. I haven't talked to his trainer or his family recently, but I I I wonder and I'm just thinking out loud. I wonder what that's like knowing that Mike Rimmers would like you mentioned Josh, be a left tackle and that would pretty much give way for Lucas Niang to be a right tackle and keep Andrew Wiley at his natural position um at the guard spot. And so Look, if Lucas Niang's on the roster, is even Stefan Wisniewski on the roster? Does Brett Veach feel like he needs to always continue to fortify the depth at the O-line position? So, just something to think about. And, yeah, I I just can't believe 32 teams just didn't. Look, this comes down to scouting department. This comes down to manpower. This comes down to where you emphasize your scouting. Um, I'm just going to give a little secret, kids. The Chiefs like to scout the South and the Southeast. <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, some teams don't put scouts there a ton. Or they don't check out Louisiana Tech as much as you would think they should. So um, the Chiefs got away with it, knowing where they spread out their draft, you know, sort of scouting uh, resources. Um it's, it's it like, honestly, LeJarrius Sneed should be the defensive player of the year not not named Chase Young. It's sort, of like how, it's sort of like how Aaron Donald should just get
1: his own award every year. Like, Chase Young mm-hmm. should yes! just get the Chase Young award for 2020 and then give defensive yes! rookie of the year to Sneed. Yeah, I, I feel that.
2: Um, bumpy Keys, as I've always said, is a year two player. He was clearly a developmental pick. Um, Again, kind of playing the long game for Brett Veach. And look, Mike Dana, we never knew who he was. Hey, he's still on the roster. Therefore, it's a good draft pick in my Right. <laughs> No, say you my yell me about any of that. I, does, does any of that? I literally didn't know his
1: name. <laughs> I know I had no idea. I, I still think I pronounce his last name wrong half the time by accident because I've never really committed to one or the other. Mm-hmm. I so I I have
3: such a a not pessimistic but what I view um, as as a realistic view of draft picks. Yeah, that I wouldn't even say that they you know. I wouldn't even say that they really didn't get that much out of their first three picks relative to what I expect out of draft picks as rookies. I think because draft coverage is what it is, We have outsized expectations that are not commensurate with what draft picks actually do. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this before, you know, everyone thinks like you're going to get an instant starter and borderline Pro Bowl, if not Pro Bowl player in the first round. Second round, you're going to get an instant starter who's really good, maybe tops out as a Pro Bowl. Third, you know, you'll get a consistent starter. In the fourth round, a rotational play. That's never, ever, 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 ever how it actually works out. Uh, The the numbers just don't make sense, right? You know, Mm -hmm. 16 times 7, every year along with a bunch of undrafted guys. That's just not how that works. There's a reason why it's like, well, a 10 year starter on offensive line. That's because there aren't 200 offensive linemen coming in every year that can play in the pros. Right. Right. And so Lucas Niang, I'm curious how he's thinking too, because honestly, based on his college tape, I think there's an off chance that he'd be starting at left tackle and Remmers would be at right tackle where he's more Mm -hmm. comfortable. Cause Niang could, he could play
1: in college. He, he's he and inju- I'm not just pre-injury and post-injury, or I guess through injury, was just a, a huge line of demarcation. If memory serves from it, what you were, looking it at was there. he still played well, and he could not, he could not slide. He was yeah. so hurt he couldn't
3: slide. He had to backpedal, and he was still good, and that's yeah. so impressive. So I'm just saying, I think he could because I think Rembers is a little more comfortable on the right side. The reason I think that is because that's basically all he's played, but that's a whole other yeah. line. Yeah, it's a whole another ball of wax there. Um, and so for me, you the chiefs were in a unique position with the whole run it back tour that they didn't really need anything from the draft class this year yeah
2: and the fact i, I would say i would say i would say outside of running back because of damian williams yeah. sort of opting out shortly after the draft and willie gay because you know they had no they had no youth at linebacker unless you unless you want to include Ben Neiman, but you kind of knew what you already had before the draft.
3: And so they got some of that out of those guys. I will say one thing they needed, and I think, you know, Josh, where you and I agreed like on the draft in itself, you know, I was more like, ah, if they take a running back, I'm not going to care that much, but boy, would I rather they get a cornerback. Yeah. And that's one thing that they kind of needed, although the, the, the secondary has played well enough again under Spagnuolo that they didn't quite need it, need it. But they really did need a guy in a lot of ways to come in and step up. You want, it's just they haven't. You, you, you,
2: you want to hear something, Seth? I always want to hear something. Um, it was told to me not not too long ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and this will be different. I think this will be different this year. This year is kind of like up in the air. But a lot of people were like, why didn't the Chiefs draft a cornerback um, in the draft? Right. Like, why didn't they yeah. do that? And I think the dates work out a certain way um, that they were pretty convinced the, them being the Chiefs, they were pretty convinced that they could uh, persuade Bashad Breeland to come back for one more year under Aww. the let's run it back theme. And um, because of the pandemic, and again, you have to forecast a lot of this stuff, but because of the pandemic, where was the, what were owners thinking, you know, how much was, you know, free agency going to be a big market for the cornerback position? Quietly, it wasn't. Um, they all kind of assumed that Bashad Breland was going to come back, which then gave them the ability to obviously understand that they were have brilliant and war, which yep. means that they could prioritize further down the draft because they knew at the time, um, we know that we're we're, we're grading Legerius Sneed a lot higher than most teams. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that mm-hmm. proved to be correct. And good on them for being patient and waiting to the fourth round
3: because they clearly liked the guy and he got his chances early. I mean, they had him playing a ton of snaps right away. Him and Mike Dana mm-hmm. and and Tashawn Wharton. So that's kind of the interesting thing. Oh, is even oh, though, I,
2: yeah, I was, I was I, going to say too. And they knew at the time um, that Bashar Brim was going to have a four game suspension, which yeah, also yeah. kind of dictated his market,
3: right? And so it's just interesting that even though they didn't, you know, so Willie Gay, they got some some they got some good play out of him in small doses. Yeah. Edward Salier, you got some some you got some good play out of him in small doses, not as much as what you'd want. Can I give um,
1: one? Can I give one very selfish little uh, running back thing real quick, and then I'll give you the full dismount here, Seth. Go for it. I interrupted you, so I pretty much gave you no choice. Sorry, I've been just staring at <laughs> the Pro Football Reference for a second, I to sneak this out. So Clyde ends up Clyde ends up with eleven hundred yards from scrimmage through the, the thirteen regular season games that he played in five point one yards per touch last year. Uh, Damian Williams and Leshawn McCoy ended up with about thirteen hundred yards. Uh, from scrimmage and more games, obviously, and more work. But they both, I didn't know this until just now, they both had exactly 5.0 yards per touch is what the average. Those are sure. not all apples to apples. There there are different <laughs> depths of targets. Clyde did not get used the same way as Damien Williams did. I 1,000% understand that. But I'm just try, I'm kind of doing a production thing right now. And sure. Clyde's production yes. was was Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy replacement level. That's all, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Okay, and so the, the
3: idea being that You know, you you didn't see because you had a guy opt out in the third round and you got kind of a sprinkling of production in your first round and your second round guy. Um, It's crazy how well they did on the back end. Because, you know, one thing you mentioned, like, what, like, you know, getting a a rotational defensive end in the fifth round is good. Mm -hmm. It's beyond good. That's amazing. Yeah. You get a guy in the fifth round that can play and he started sometimes when they needed him to and play well, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. And at this point with the way they've done with you know with, with defensive backs in late rounds, I'm like, well, maybe Bo Pete Keys next year we're gonna be like, how are we gonna keep him off the field? So I think it's just demonstrative of how strong the Chiefs roster already was. And that's, we've talked a lot about the idea of being a top heavy roster. And I think one of the advantages the Chiefs have this year is, And it's going to go away a little bit next year because you start to lose some guys in free agency and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But it's that you are not drafting for need because as soon as you are drafting for need, you are in trouble because that Mm. draft is a crapshoot. And if you're drafting, and that's why it's so hard, like you get these teams like, oh, well, we need a left tackle. So we're going to draft this dude at 15. It's like, hopefully he's as good as you think he is because otherwise (laughs) you're, you're a little hosed. And that's that's where the draft just becomes so tricky because it is a crapshoot in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, you you lessen the risk the higher the pick to an extent. Honestly, it feels to me like by the time we get to like pick what twenty, it's kind of like yeah, who knows? You know, mm-hmm. it's like the top ten guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Uh, you guys want to do half an hour of questions? Let's let's do it. Yeah, let's yeah, get, yeah. Let's get nutty. We are notoriously bad at actually getting through all of the questions that I want us to get through, and I'm not. That is not me blaming my. uh, uh, illustrious co-hosts. I'm also very bad at 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 getting us through these questions. So we're going to try to get a good chunk of them. We're giving ourselves a long chunk of time today. Uh, we'll get through just as many as we, as we can here. Um, this one is from, this is, uh, this is, I'm going to send this one towards you, Nate. I'll, I'll kind of direct them. And if, if whoever doesn't get the direction of it really wants to hop in, feel free, uh, from, uh, from Rat underscore RB on Twitter. Uh, have you Love noticed it. the change in tone from Patrick this year? It's subtle, but it definitely seems to have a little more edge this season. What do you think, Nate? You're you're on every single godforsaken press conference. I'll go to you.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It, a lot of it is, um, and this is my interpretation. So I just want to be clear. Thank you for the question. Um, this year is different for Patrick, and it was always going to be that way. And I I remember writing a story ahead of the season about hey, mentally. He he's he's been he's been to the journey, so now he knows a lot of these things are quiet confidence, um, not as exuberant. Obviously, the pandemic has kind of changed that, but yeah, tonally he's different, and um, he's he's what's the best way I could say this and not get in trouble? <laughs> he is he is quietly aware, and uh, you should respect him for for how aware he is on certain things um but i do understand that he's getting to a place now where he knows what's real and what isn't and he's just he's just not gonna he's just not gonna he is i don't ever want to say like he's i don't know er air is arrogance not the word i'm looking for but um but in short yes <laughs> <can answer> <laughs> like it's so it's such a I mean I'm kinda walking a tightrope and I know who yeah. I've talked to about all of this and I hope this makes sense uh in the audio format that we're choosing the answer these questions. But no, Patrick Patrick is continuing to go through a maturation process and what I can't wait, kids, is about mm, three to four years from now. This man's gonna be able to say whatever he wants and I just wanna be there. And not, like, in the Aaron Rodgers phase, but I do think that. Yeah. um, Aaron Rodgers seems sad about it, (laughs) you know?
1: I love Aaron
2: Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers seems a little bummed to be in that stage. Yeah, obviously he's going through a different situation right now. And, again, Patrick won't have that problem, you Mm -hmm. know, three to four years, we assume. Um, But Aaron Rodgers would tell you the entire, like, there was a couple of weeks ago where he told you the entire play of what led to the touchdown against the Bears. And I'm just like, you can only do that when you're at a certain stage in your career. you are just like, yeah, here's what the play call is. Here's what it means. Oh, I saw the Bears do this. We did that. And it's just like, you're not supposed to say that. But it's but he's Aaron Rodgers. He's like, I don't care anymore. What I mm-hmm. hope is that Patrick Mahomes gets very Kobe-esque where he's just like, no, this is the answer. This is what it's always going to be. And um, that's on you. If, if you think, of, you think <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Um, said, so I'm gonna so by the y- way, so go ahead. So him saying w- real quick, him saying jobs the jobs not done is a complete discipleship from the Kobe mentality. So th- yeah, I'm just saying that's where he's appears to be heading. Um, so just keep that in mind. Him him I I I really believe him saying, but the job's not done. Like he wasn't saying that a year ago because mm. he's he's maturing. And he's trying to get to where someone who the opposite quarterback of the opposing team has already been. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. Um,
1: Seth, I think it would be funny to go to you for gambling advice. So I'm going to take this <laughs> to uh, your direction, but mostly because it's just a great bet from our friends over at Bet MGM. You may have heard me mention this before the show, uh, talking about Bet MGM. They have a they have a prop. This was sent uh, tweeted out by uh, Kevo Bevo, and then sent to us by Zach. They have a bet. Plus 600 for the Kansas City Chiefs to trail by nine or more points at any stage of the game, but win by nine or more points. I don't I'm not going to ask you for financial. This is not financial advice, uh, but I am very curious, Seth, what you think about that being a real prop bet uh, over on uh, our from our friends at BetMGM.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is going to be embarrassing.
1: Are you me. legally allowed to talk about gambling in any form? I, I'm allowed to talk about gambling. So,
3: okay, run it at me one more time and and explain to me like I am a young child or a golden
2: retriever what a prop bet is. Uh, I I just want to say somewhere, if Buffalo Bills fans are listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that they made a prop <laughs> bet about your demise. Uh, well, and also
1: Texans fans and Niners fans Niner and Titans fans. Niners fans and Titans fans?
2: It's the, the so, bet four is, out of the last five postseason games. If you had bet on this prop bet, you would make money. So, wow, this is that's the crazy, thing, right? Yeah, that's this is,
1: crazy. So, what this is saying, Seth,
2: I'll explain it to you here.
3: All right, uh, golden retreat.
1: If you were to bet ten dollars on this thing, you would win sixty dollars. Okay, okay. And the bet is that the Chiefs will trail by nine or more points at some point in the game, but ultimately win the game by nine or more points. <laughs> I just think it's amazing that that bet exists, that they thought, hey, we could do, let's, why, don't, why don't we put this up there? The combination
3: of those two things is what's funny. It's yes. not just that they'll trail and then win, which by itself is kind of a goofy bet.
1: Right, because that, that first field goal could go Tampa's way. Yeah. True. Um, true. I... I have a feeling
3: about this game. Mm. Here we go. And we'll see. And this is with the caveat, the Buccaneers are a really good team, a really good team. I've been watching that first matchup in week 12. Mm -hmm. There were a series of things that had to happen for the Chiefs to not win that by 40. And I'm not sure those same things... Like, Juan Thornhill had to get dusted a couple times in a way that I don't think he's going to get dusted. Armani Watts gave up a big play. You know why? Because Juan Thornhill really shouldn't have been on the field with how he was moving. Mm -hmm. I'm just not entirely certain. Now, Vita Villa being back is huge. That dude's a monster on the Mm -hmm. interior. I just am not sure that the way Tampa Bay's defense wins... Is the way to, you know, go
1: Mandalorian against. In fact, Danielle, if you would cut this out, I would appreciate it. Um, I regretted even saying that.
3: You might say the force (laughs) is not with them in uh I, i'm just no matter how many times you delete it i'm just going to say new things about
1: the Mandalorian. no i just want what, i just want what i said to be bleeped if i oh, if i oh, can just get what sure. i said to be bleeped because sure. i'm genuinely afraid of my of the thing that i'm oh, afraid of okay yeah
3: then we'll then we'll get out of here so it is not the way against the chiefs They, the aggressive blitzing, um, they weren't playing man coverage as much as people think. It was a lot of like cover three type stuff, but they were like playing a type of cover three where it's like, hey, why don't you be relatively close to the line of scrimmage? (laughs) It's like the, the Legion of Boom cover three where it's like, but you're still covering the deep third of the field. That doesn't work against Tyreek Hill or for that matter, McCool Hardman. Like you can't bring Carlton Davis close to the line of scrimmage and say, hey, you're the deep guy, by the way. Now they know that now. But teams are stubborn; they do their thing, and so I, I, honestly, not sure I would place a bet that the Chiefs trail by nine. Okay, good mm. enough. I'll
1: take that. That's my mm. long
3: road to a short thought here. I'm going to keep watching the film
1: because you never know. You never know. I just, I just love that, that bet exists, and I wanted, I wanted to, to bring that up. Um, great. Question. Here, I'll give this one to. Go ahead, Nate. No, I was just saying. Great question. Oh yes, it that was, was a really, great question. It really is uh nate from ross cage match between josh and seth seth gets no weapons but josh gets a taser who wins oh that's not fair to you josh it's really not josh wins guys it's a taser i don't it
3: depends know on what on you, you think taser, they're feeding right? us up
1: here in minnesota but it, it, definitely, <laughs> it definitely i mean if it's if it's basically a little like if it's a bug zapper i, I don't really think it's helping my chances
2: yeah, yeah. but like if it's a I
3: decent us.
1: taser i've got that oh no, yeah Sorry.
2: Yeah, maybe, if, it's a, if it's a decent taser, I would say uh Josh is the is the betting favorite and exactly. Seth's going to have to be really unconventional, which is like, you know, um giving a sermon, <laughs> collecting the taser and then turning very dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, if he if he
1: gets the taser from me, I mean, the taser is is either completely useless or it's life and death. Yeah, I don't know he, which Yeah,
3: one. the the taser matters. Like I look, I I would be more confident fighting someone with a bat or a knife than I would with a taser. Cause like totally those aren't like game enders. I mean, they, they might hurt you really, 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 really bad, but you can still move. Like, I don't know if you've ever been like, you know, hit in the body with a bat. I mean, it hurts, but it's not going to kill you. Whereas a taser, your arms lock up and you're done. Like you
1: just drop. I, I have not been hit by a bat and I would love to continue that trend. If we could just, (laughs) that one up uh from Rodrigo here's here's a different one for you Seth uh mm. Super Bowl MVP bets besides Mahomes just gambling again if you would Travis Kelsey that's what I was gonna say mm. I think that might be the yep. only one I, I if Hill had a crazy game I just think they'd be on deep enough stuff that you'd just give it to Mahomes anyway right
2: Right, because yeah, because you have to you have to remember too. It'll it'll be not just receiving yards; it'll be passing yards. You know? Yeah, yep. And so Travis Kelsey's one good bet because with him it's more dink and
3: dunk. So you might end up with like sixteen catches. Yep, and that's when once you get past ten catches, they start paying attention to the receiver as well. Um, he's one. Chris Jones, though, it's crazy mm. hard to get it as a defensive player. Mm-hmm. Crazy yes. hard. Um, and one more dark horse guy is and, and this is very very dark horse now and it's just a feeling i have again just a feeling i'm too into feel-good stories i would not be stunned if Juan thornhill like picked off two passes and had mm. one for a pieces mm. um he guys i cannot overstate how good he looked in the afc championship and that dude is hungry like he it, it half near killed him sitting out last year's playoffs he hated it and he's got a huge chance here. And Tom doesn't quite have that same zip on the ball that he used to. Still got a real good arm.
0: Mm. But that, not what
3: he did. And if he hangs up a couple like he did against them in week 12 that the Chiefs just weren't able to bring down, I think Thornhill picks those up. He's just someone to look out for because he played against the Bucs. And if the Bucs use that game film and they say, we can get away with this throw, Juan Thornhill is going to get some picks. So it's just someone to think about. Nate, what do you got?
2: No, no. It's a good uh, good entry. I would say, um, for similar reasons, I would say Tyron Matthew, the more veteran player. And a lot of this comes down to, and Seth knows this as well, like a lot of this comes down to where the picks happen at a certain scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, So if the Chiefs are deep in their territory and Tyron Matthew has an interception in the red zone or in the end zone, um, or if he has a you know, kind of Dean in like pick six where he reads the quarterback size Um, that I would say Tyron Matthew because of his stature, um, who he is as a leader on the Chiefs. And if this comes to be um, not necessarily a blowout, but a comfortable win because the defense actually, uh, you know, played at the same level as the offense, then I think Tyron Matthew would be would be another option.
1: Not to put not to put our folks at BetMGM on blast, but I will say so. You, you know the, the plus thirty uh, five hundred group includes Le'Veon Bell, Sammy Watkins, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, mm. all those guys in that little category. It was pretty long odds, not bad at all. There's not a one Thornhill selection for Seth's very very dark horse. You can, however, get uh, Tommy Townsend plus fifty thousand. <laughs> Hell
2: yeah, Let's that is roll. that is on what the board. would have to
3: happen for a punter. He would have to be like, uh, like it would have to, not only he'd have to make every punt perfect, right? He'd have to make like a game-saving tackle that forced a fumble and on a botched snap, <laughs> run it in for a touchdown to win the
1: game. Like if all those things happened, it could I, happen. I, I think he literally has to have the game's only touchdown. Like I think on a fake <laughs> punt, he, he throws or runs in the game's only touchdown. The final score is seven to three and, it's, and then boom, MVP Tommy Towns, which I gotta say, <laughs> it would really, it would be kind of fun for Patrick Mahomes to, you know, stack up Super Bowl MVP trophies. But if anybody goes to bed MGM and puts a dollar on Tommy Towns and tweets me a screenshot, I will retweet it. I will retweet <laughs> that. That might be a dollar well spent. I'm basically just selling a retweet for a dollar. <sighs> um, this is an interesting little duo of questions. I'm, I'll go. I'm gonna just kind of throw these out together because they're both around the same. Person, um, and I'll go to you first on this one, Seth. From Ian, uh, it felt like the Bucks had us figured out by the end of that game in November. Mm-hmm. And if there'd been a fifth quarter, they could have taken the lead. Could they crack us faster this time? In fact, I'm just going to give you just that one on its own, Seth.
3: Um, so what ended up happening in that game were, was a couple of things. There were the Bucks had a few really big plays in the in the third and fourth quarter that mm-hmm. honestly relied on Thornhill getting dusted a couple times and Armani Watt's getting dusted once. You take away those three big plays, it, it wipes out a lot of what they do on offense. Um they did also start picking up the Chiefs blitzes better. Early on, people don't remember this. They dominated the Bucks in the first half. Like Tom yep. Brady could not uh-huh. do a thing. Spagnolo had him figured out. And then at halftime, Arians is a really good coach. And and Brady's obviously is who he is. They they made a lot of good adjustments, and the one thing about being super aggressive with your blitzes like they were is And this is what the Raiders have done two both games this year is if the protections called are correct, all you need with a blitzer is just get a body in the way, right? Because mm-hmm. you just need 2.5 seconds and someone's open. And so they started doing that more in the in the in the second half and the Chiefs didn't quite have an answer for it. I'm on the back end with their coverage. Their coverage has been a lot better the last few weeks than it was at that time period where you had Snead yes. coming back for the first time in forever, still getting his legs under him, and Thornhill not playing remotely as well as
2: he's playing right now.
1: Anything on that, Nate? We can we can speed run this, but I'll let you hop in on this. One. I think it's interesting.
2: One thing to add, um, the Chiefs were up 17-0 yep. and were in the red zone. And the only reason why that game got close, or the, I should say the start of the momentum swinging Um, back into the Buccaneers' favor, again, to at least keep the game competitive. Um, Again, the Buccaneers chose not to guard Tyreek Hill all all game, and that's why they lost, ultimately. Um, But the one way this game could be different is if Shaq Barrett is a monster. Um, Because Mm. up 17-0 in the red zone, Shaq Barrett just flat-out beats Eric Fisher on a pass rush and strips Axe Mahomes, right? If that doesn't happen, the Chiefs are at least up 20-0, we assume, if Harrison Bucker makes a short field goal. And... The game is pretty much untouchable, or the Chiefs score another touchdown and they're up 23, 24, nothing. Um, so a lot of chipping, a lot of play actioning, a lot of rollouts of the pocket, um, obviously some creative stuff in the backfield with jet sweeps and misdirections and into rounds. Like obviously the Chiefs, I'm assuming, will be creative enough, but um Shagberry concerns me as to if the Chiefs, you know. Either, either side, if they get a lead, that obviously would be good for them. If they are having to be behind, then obviously you have to pass more. Uh, you just have to be aware of where Shaq Barrett is at all times. Because the only reason the Buccaneers kind of figured out the Chiefs was because they got a turnover when they absolutely needed one. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's speedrun a little bit. This one will bounce right off that one from Eric on Twitter. Seth, how close was 27 to 24 really? Watching the game, it felt like both the Casey offense defense took their foot off the gas at 27 to 10. I think you kind of went this direction, but I'd love a, a phrase to, how, how close was it really? It, it wasn't really close. It, that required the Bucks to score 10
3: straight unanswered points relatively quickly for it to get that close. Um, it was either 10 or 14. And if you look, I mean, with, with in the fourth quarter, I think the chiefs were still leading by, I know it was double digits. So it wasn't as close as it looked. It was kind of similar to like the bills game from earlier in the season, a little closer than that, but not much
1: from Nicole. And I'll make this one go to Nate here. How long do we get to hang on to spags before he gets another head coaching opportunity?
2: Thank you, Nicole. Uh, You get one more year. (laughs) That's, That's about it. Now, Assistant coaches' contracts are a little different. Um, they're not as long as obviously the head coaches' is. Obviously, you kind of roll that year to year uh, to some degree, whether it's two years, three years. But I think um, this is, and this can be said for Eric Bieteme as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Do I don't, I think Do, the
1: we, do, do co- we do a show after David Culley got hired? I feel like that happened Friday also, didn't it?
2: Yeah, it did. Um, <sighs> should have mentioned that earlier. Just, but just, a- just Andy
1: Coaching Tree, another branch, right where we expected it, right, guys? Right, guys? Right, guys? Yeah. Right. There we go.
2: Godspeed. Godspeed. Godspeed in Houston. Um so uh this but this applies to Eric B to me too. Um I think let's say the Chiefs win. Um uh, and they're back-to-back champions and let's say the Chiefs are not god awful on defense. Um people understanding Spags' contract I believe will reach out to the Chiefs and uh, express some interest in interviewing uh Steve Spagnuolo for a possible, you know, not. I mean, I hate the word retread in a lot of ways, but he would maybe get a second shot at being a head coach. So in short, um, you have him on Sunday, and you may have him for one more year if the Chiefs defense continues to be respectable, if not slightly above average.
1: I save this question for myself from Karen. Does Andy's mask he wears during the game look really weird? (laughs) Yes, and I'm tired of pretending like it doesn't. I, nobody wants to talk about it. This can be the show. We all just admit it. He's got the same one every week since he lost the face shield, which is incredible yep. that he even has. I, I could not tell you where any one of my specific masks has been over the course of this last year. I got a bunch of them and I always got one within striking distance. He's wearing the same one every week. I don't think he's ever got the bottom part strapped around the back of his head. It's one of the, it's like the horizontal straps instead of the ones that go around the ear. He's always yep. got the top one. And it looks uh-huh. like he's got a beak. He looks like a platypus yep. whenever he has that mask on. And I'm tired of lying to the people and saying that I don't notice it and that it's not weird because it definitely <laughs> is. The man is a genius. Big fan of Andy Reid. He wears his mask funny.
2: Just what a great comp with the, with the, with the, with the beak. Uh, if you're if we like those
1: monkeys with the big proboscis.
2: <laughs> if we're going to acknowledge this question, uh, a, a huge um thanks for Chiefs fans needs to be needs to be given to Alan Wright, the uh, equipment director. Um he has handled Andy Reid's um look since uh, <laughs> since the season started is the way I'll explain it. Um so one reason why he does not lose his mask, uh, Josh, is because you know, Andy Reed has employees that uh are, are are tightly aware of it, have sanitized it, and uh he and he's ready on game day. But a lot of Andy Reed's attire uh is under Alan Wright's um responsibilities and duties. So uh Excellent. Point. They've made it work, but it does look unconventional.
1: I, right now, I'm going to stop the podcast. I'm stopping it for you two. I'm stopping it for the listeners. Just Google proboscis monkey right now. Just I'll type loudly, type proudly. Just search Google proboscis monkey, and it looks like basically Andy Reid's mask if it was covered in Chiefs print. I'm hoping that you guys are wow. proboscis. Mon- Ain't <laughs> kind wow. of right, right? I. Don't focus on the phallic nature of it. That's not the important part. It's that if it was covered in Chief's print, you would not think it looked very phallic. You would think it looks <laughs> like Andy Reid's mask. Wow, there's a couple of these pictures that are really. I feel like the monkey's showing off some. That's not <laughs> that Google that, that Google image page gets dicey on row three. Woof a doof. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you for asking that uh, that question, Karen. I've been waiting to answer that question for a very
2: long time. Thank you for asking that. If you, you know, if you, if you, uh, yeah, he has a way of showing how much he admires someone, I guess.
1: Yeah, don't (laughs) Google Proboscis monkey and then stop after two pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Because it eventually gets very National Geographic, but more graphic. It gets very National Graphic down a couple of rows on the Google image search. It's the, you know, that's the magic of live radio. This is a podcast, but I I have no desire for this to be taken out of
0: the show. This is very real. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
1: Uh, from Chris, J.J. Watt is possibly on the way out in Houston as well now. Could that work in KC, looking at both financially and on the field? Uh, Nate, I'll kick that to you real quick and kind of a, a little off season look ahead. Yeah,
3: uh, I don't love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, could JJ Watt be as good as uh, Justin Houston has been in Indianapolis? I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure.
1: That's fine. That's the an acceptable answer. We're in full speed run mode. Seth, you got the next one, but this one's also for Nate from Dan. Uh, what might the starting O-line look like for the Super Bowl? Same as against the Saints with Wiley at tackle, or will Rankin be a tackle and Wiley will stay at guard? What's your opinion? In your opinion, is the best starting five. Seth, you can give us your best starting five, but Nate, what's your predicted starting five?
2: Probably what you saw in the Saints game. Go on, Seth. Um,
3: I think, yeah, uh, Remmers, then Allegretti,
1: Uh, Writer, Wisniewski, Wiley. Um, And you had said last episode that you actually think that offensive line in some ways might actually end up performing better because you like Wisniewski so much more at right guard? I think Mm -hmm. it
3: just depends. Like, Eric Fisher has come a long ways, but he's... And I'm trying to be careful because he got hurt, and that sucks. And he has come such a long ways to become a good left tackle. But he does have bad games at times um you know sometimes they're injury related like against the saints i mean he was yep. a net negative against the saints um he he struggled like really badly
1: mm-hmm. and so and also if he hadn't been out there struggling your seer durant would have been out there struggling because Rimmers was out so. yeah yeah no your yep, see durant probably would have
3: struggled more and so fish yep. was a warrior to play because he knew like oh my gosh they need me and as bad as it was it could have been worse it could always get worse <laughs> um I do think that the the idea is basically average offensive lineman, which is what Remmers and Wiley have shown themselves this to doesn't be. Doesn't
1: feel very much like a speed run.
3: They have they they have a variance, and if they play at the high end of their variance, the line will be just fine.
1: Uh, in the AFC title game, why did it seem like the Chiefs' defensive line was able to get pressure on Allen all night with, uh, with rushing just four when they were struggling to do that in the regular season? Was that because Thornhill unlocked the defense, spagged the size coverage schemes? So, or something else that's from Tadashi uh, to Seth. Yes. Love yes. it. Yes. It's all of those, right? It, it was all also, of those things. Also, and Clark played better.
2: Yeah. Also, yeah. Treverius Ward. Just mm. if he plays like that, you can always get pressure with Ward. Yep.
1: Uh, Seth, do you think the Chiefs are going to do something to help out their tackles from uh, Scott on Twitter? Yes. It's not going to look
3: exactly what it'll look like with every team, but you're going to see like the jet sweep. You're going to see a lot of that action because it slows down edge rushers. Mm. um you're gonna see rolling pockets you're gonna see sliding protections things like that and then some more traditional stuff you know chips tight ends helping out that sort of stuff hey. and rpo is getting the ball out quick andy reed yeah. helps his tackles a lot in that way not as hey. much with like when he needs to at least within shorts and fishery he's like good luck guys but with hey, these hey, he will. hey andy
2: hey andy roll up roll out them travis kelsey screen games dog yes. just let us have it sporting rz
1: asked about more screens and passing to the running backs like whenever chad haney was the quarterback you, you bring a little bit of that out maybe
3: yeah that's
2: to.
1: yeah go that's nuts. to bring it out
3: i i I'm, I'm i've got a prediction for a few for a few good wheel route type things they're gonna do a few things that help I'll, ultimately though they have to play at least average you know there's only so much you can do i'm more worried about the interior against vita because the only time i've seen mahomes really struggle against edge rushers was Nick Bosa when he like won every snap in the yeah. first three quarters of the Super Bowl I've never seen anything <laughs> like that um and then occasionally it's the chargers but that's also because they have really great coverage
1: so I I just that interior Vita viaS scares me man um one one word answer all from all three of us uh, on three who gets a head coaching gig first B or Spags uh one two three be enemy uh that's from Evan good question Evan. Uh, th- I'm going to, uh, this is a, a bit of a larger topic, but I want to at least take a second on it here from Brandon. Uh, please discuss how the chiefs are the gold standard in the NFL right now. Possible dynasty and let they use late. Like, they lose zero front office staff when other teams are being picked bare who have been very average to ungood. Also, if we could just get Nate to talk about the complete ineptitude of the Texans take, take 30 on it, Nate, take 30 for me. Woo!
2: Here we go. So you telling me <laughs> nobody wanted this job and listen to me, kids. Nobody wanted that job. Um, (laughs) I just just can't understand what the Houston Texans are doing other than they're ran by a poor, terrible owner. Like, let's just keep it like it is, and y'all think these players don't talk to one another? What? What? The Texans are (laughs) terrible, and I hope they get mossed 0-16 because the ownership is terrible. And it's not just the players. It's also a personnel department. It's also people who have worked in there and have gotten out and realized... Wow, this is a bottom-of-the-barrel organization. Now, moving on to the Chiefs situation, yeah, I think Ryan Poles is destined to become a GM. He got some interviews this year. Keep an eye out for him in the years to come. Um, I know that the Chiefs felt like this year was the last time that the group was going to be together. It appears to be next year. So, um, if the Chiefs scouting department does as good of a job as it did last year, and obviously the challenge is going to be much harder because obviously you had a pandemic college football season, and it's going to be a little harder to get, you know, all the info and all the, you know, personal stuff about players, not just obviously their football techniques and how they obviously learn um, and how you can translate that to the NFL game and obviously your coaching staff and philosophy. But if they – it does – it should give Chiefs fans confidence that they have everybody coming back next year so that maybe uh, you have just as good of a draft cast and you understand that if you win back-to-back titles, um, it does give you some some level of being able to have some, you know – card at your disposal in free agency even though you know you may not be able to outspend players because as as we talked about earlier once you get to 2022 2023 them 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 contracts actually start being on the books uh but the houston texans big wolf and you know i i know it's gonna be painful for me to say this even bill o'brien is going to have a better year next year than the houston texans and that is he is saying something. Um. Okay. I think I've gotten down to nothing but quick,
1: quick shots here. I'm. I'm. There. There's. There's a bunch we're not going to get to, and there are a handful that obviously uh, we're, were like a little bit redundant. And so I just took the first one that I saw. On those excellent questions for everyone. Thank you very much for all of the questions. Yes. Uh. From JD Banjo Man. What's the perfect Super Bowl party food? Seth. A tombstone pizza. Nate. Nachos. I was going to say nachos. I thought I was going to go off the board and say nachos. God, I love nachos. <laughs> I Mexican love food nachos. all the time anywhere. Uh from Casey Bambino, this I don't know if this is really a question, but dang, it's a good stat. The Chiefs are undefeated in their last 14 games against teams whose names start with a B, including 6 and 0 this year. Does this guarantee Ooh. that they beat the Bucks? Yes or definitely? Definitely. Sure. Definitely, I can't disagree. right? I mean, I can't disagree. I have no stat to disagree with. <laughs> There's listen, Seth. I know you love to go beyond the box score. If you want to get some analytics on the Chiefs being undefeated their last 14 games against teams whose whose name starts with the BM all ears. Who would that loss have been
2: to? I don't know. <laughs> it can't be the Bro- it can't be the Broncos, right? They've been dominating the Broncos since Peyton Manning was out of uniform. <laughs> I
1: think it maybe maybe it was the Bills. A, a, a good long minute ago, I don't know. Excellent stat from Casey Bambino, uh, from uh, Fresh-faced on Twitter. If, I'm imagining this includes the three of us here. If your imaginary uh, b-ball team, it says b-ball, your imaginary b-ball team just won the imaginary championship and is already talking about imagining uh, running it back, who's taking the team-friendly discount to keep this thing going? Who's jumping ship for more imaginary cash? And who's just happy to be there for the league minimum? I My only doubt, my only question here is if we all have the same answer. The same answer for the three of us. <laughs> Uh, oh man, is, I wish like, we could
3: newlywed game this.
1: This would let, be oh. let, we, we can all do the we can do the one two three again if we want. Okay, so assuming we,
3: that just make sure you clarify which one we're answering then.
1: Yeah, so we have who's taking the team friendly discount to keep this thing going? Who's jumping ship for more imaginary cash? And who is just happy <laughs> to be there for the league minimum?
0: Okay, I I'm think gonna
1: we're gonna have the same answers. Okay, so I'm, I'll count to three and then we'll say a name. Who is taking the team friendly discount to keep this thing going? One. Two, three, Nate.
2: Nate. Nate. Yes, it's me.
3: Nate, did you not <laughs> answer until we answered?
1: <laughs> yeah, Nate, but it's me. It's game me. That way. I appreciate it. <laughs> he it's just didn't want to say himself for the for the by far <laughs> most morally upstanding. <laughs> one. Um oh. who is jumping ship for more imaginary cash? One, two, three,
3: Josh. me?
2: Seth. Hey! <laughs>
3: Josh created a bit that says sethhatesmoney.com. <laughs>
2: that
1: that is essentially why Seth is my answer for who's happy to be here for the league minimum, but Nate Nate has Seth wanting the wanting to go get the big imaginary bag, I guess. I just want
2: to get paid, man.
1: I think I, I think the you other gotta thing feed, is. You gotta that, feed
2: those kids, man. I do have that's, a lot that's, of kids. See
1: that's the thing is you have a lot of kids and Nate knows that I will I will I will work for retweets basically. Like that's sort of my <laughs> whole brand also. Uh good question though. Um, which will happen first? This one's from Jonathan, and it'll be our last question for today. Which happens first: Head Coach Eric Bienemie or Taser Ghost Chili incident?
2: Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, E.B. But somebody's. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> if you would have asked me that, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I would have said H.C.E.B. If you would have asked me that right after the draft, I would have. Uh, I would have said probably Ghost Taser incident this whole pandemic thing. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it. These are apparently unprecedented times. Uh, I, I will, I will say that we will, we will complete that bet b- before Eric B gets hired to be a head coach. Because yeah. I, I, because in my heart of hearts, I believe that we will be able to do things in person together before Eric B gets a head coaching job.
3: I please so Lord. too. Cause that's the one delay people. If you're all wondering what the problem is, I, I, I just, I figured it wouldn't be as fun. Like, it's not as fun Josh tasing himself. And it's not as fun. (laughs) Josh and Nate are both going to want to be there in person to watch me suffer as I eat that (laughs) pepper. Golly, why did I say ghost pepper? Why didn't I just say tasing or punching in the face or something like that? I'm so upset about this. I'm going to ruin a trip to Kansas City over this. We should have you guys come up to Minnesota. Like, that'll be, that way I'll be in my home bathroom. And like, Mm. you guys can just hang out with my family (laughs) while i die in the, hey i could
2: doc i could document this i mean i mean i do these things for a living yeah i got a
1: bidet too seth i feel like nate i feel like we just stick around here you can use my bidet and <laughs> that is cold uh, water can, let me tell you uh, yeah and well you're gonna have a spicy pepper
3: yeah no absolutely and so no like. but this, this is gonna happen everyone we haven't forgot believe me it comes up like Every so often when Josh and I are talking, and yes, despite the feud, we've made it through a tough year. We we do yeah. talk and text more than people know. Every now and then, it'll just come up. One of us will just be like randomly, oh, I forgot we got to do this.
1: We do this <laughs> dumb thing. <laughs> Why do we
3: the,
2: talk? Listen,
1: yeah. the real upside is just, like, for me, it what, it what it's done that's really been nice is it has given me one single solitary absolutely thread thin silver lining of the unpleasantness of the last year is well, at least I haven't also gotten tased at least 2020 <laughs> didn't also tase me, you know, so that, that was, it was nice to have that. Uh, we will, we will have another show in a couple of days. So we're going to have plenty of content. We, we may even pick through some more questions at some point, Depends on how the next couple of days go uh, with more news and all that stuff. We haven't talked at all about the Matt Stafford trade. That's if that happened in the offseason, we would have talked about it. It was on the NFC side and it's Super Bowl week. Yep. Uh, same with Eric Bienomi. I'm sure we'll we'll do more of a look back at this year and then the things that happen, what will happen in the future. Got a lot of questions about some draft stuff, free agency and everything. We will, we will talk about that plenty, plenty, plenty in the months to come, uh, but it's Super Bowl week right now. And so instead we talk about Super Bowl food and ghost peppers <laughs> getting taste. So, you know, <laughs> pretty on brand. Uh, you can you can read all of uh, Seth and Nate's work up on The Athletic. Both of them have stuff coming very soon. In fact, may even be some fresh pieces up there right now that you can go check out. Certainly should have it soon. Seth also has the Chief of the North newsletter. Links to that are on his Twitter, which is at RealMNChiefsFan. Nate is at ByNateTaylor. I am at JBBrisco. Follow all of us on Twitter and elsewhere there. And that's it. That's the show. Nate, close
2: us out. It's Super Bowl week. You better ice up. You better ice up for these boys. Ah, Tampa. I just, wow, y'all, uh, act like you've been there before, but in fact, don't act like you've been there before. Act, act <laughs> like you have trying to go back to back. It's just, uh, it's Super Bowl week. Uh, are any of us going to get sleep? The answer is no.